top stands for triple optimized, right? Of mind, body, spirit. You're a, a really good example of that. Somebody who's has the external success people want to see, like business, the lifestyle success, which people see. Then there's the fitness, like the healthy stuff, which people see. But you also put a lot of attention into like your psyche and your mindset. What comes up for me right away, I'm like, if we actually trying to be the triple optimized, it's almost like that might prevent, at least me in the past, of being like, oh, I need to be perfect. I need to be so optimized. I need to hit all these milestones, right? And then actually prevents me from being vulnerable, accepting my shortcomings and actually being optimized, right? So, right. And yeah. so that's what I, that's part of what I want to do is like redefine what optimized means, mm, you know? Nice. And because there's the mindset piece, which people don't dive into a lot. Mm. And then the other aspect of a lot of this stuff is like the energy side of things. But just like energy. Yeah, like working at that level. It's the most efficient way. I think we both have, because we both have tech background, that we have that mindset of yeah. optimization and what's the you know most and effective. Way. Right, and the effective, the most efficient, totally. Yeah, literally <laughs> that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> it's like what it all comes down to. Exactly. So energy, right? It's like the most, it's more efficient than feelings and feelings are more efficient than thoughts. <laughs> hey, Katerina, thank you for coming on the podcast and recording this episode. Hey, Andre. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've got a little, little quick intro on our guest today on who Katerina is. We met in Mexico, right? At a entrepreneur event, business event, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Became friends over that week. And so I'm excited to have you here. And here's what I wrote about you. And then you can give your little spiel, your little intro <laughs> afterwards. But I wrote down that for you, you're, you're not only killing it in business, but you're an experienced digital nomad, a great salsa dancer, and you speak several languages, mm -hmm. all of which are very mm -hmm. like accomplished things. They take a lot of time and effort, but you also put a lot of time and attention into your mindset and your psyche. So when I think of the type of people who embody what I envision is as top human, you're definitely one of them with all these aspects of like the lifestyle, the health and the mental side too. It's all really important. So kind of nailing those three, right? Health, wealth and relationships is, uh, wow. <laughs> is <I'm honored. laughs> uh, cause you have that, right. You have the, the success that people see on the outside. And you're also, you know, really focused on the internal success, right? The, the psyche, the mindset, which people don't see. Yeah, which is much more important. Which, well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, do you want to kind of add to that? Do you want to give yourself a little intro? Yeah, no, I think, I think you capture the high level, I would say that for me only in the last few years where I actually switched to to that internal success that you're talking about mm. and before to be honest it was it was um pretty unbalanced you know so it's been a journey for me in the last few years i think in 2019 that's when i started traveling okay it was a remote year I signed up but yeah i was in silicon valley for a decade being, you know, traditional Silicon Valley technical <laughs> founder with all the grind, all yeah. like the milestones, let's be the unicorn. 
and um, I think like end of 2018, I was burned out. I was completely spent. Um, I was very smart. I would say it was like very brilliant in the IQ part of it. Mm -hmm. But it was just, I kind of hit the wall. I was like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't even know how to fix it but I just can't keep going like I'm going because it's been a decade of just, you know, going and going, going and me coming from Ukraine, from, you know, that background of switching to the U.S. It was a lot of just keep going, keep grinding, you know, um, keep achieving. Right. But at the end of the day, it didn't really bring me that peace and fulfillment, me personally. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and yeah, at that point, I basically keep the story short. I booked the remote year for four months and I flew to Santiago, Chile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> far away from San Francisco. You can get away. Like, <laughs> you went farther than I did, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like pretty much Patagonia, you know, like at the very south. Very bottom. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's where my journey started. I was like, wow. There are things much more than Silicon Valley bubble and achieving, and it's a, you know, it is that a bubble. external success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people there are brilliant. It's amazing. Um, but I think what a lot of us is miss, are missing there is the balance of, and like the why, mm-hmm. like why trying to achieve that success. You know, that alignment between here's what your customers want you know, here's what you're doing, but here's your soul alignment. Yes. Uh, it makes you wake up in the morning and why you're passionate about it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And that's when I started, but because I was such an achiever, I was like, well, I can't stop achieving. That's why I became so good. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> If not computer programming, creating tech product, it needs to be like something else. <laughs> <laughs> and now I would say it's it's much more balanced for me. Like when I hear the word success or optimized, mm-hmm. for me, it's not just that external success. I mean, actually, if you just have an external success, sometimes I look at people, I'm like, I kind of feel bad for you because I know exactly where you're at. I've been oh, there. Yeah. Oh, and you don't even know what you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We all have blind spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully your podcast is going to help. People are going to listen and be like, oh, (laughs) I didn't even know people think like that. I didn't even know this exists. Yeah. Yeah, And yes, I definitely hope so. It's really Mm -hmm. a challenge to unplug somebody and and change their thinking. You know, mm-hmm. it, it really is. Uh, I was looking for that and it still took me years to like fully make like a good switch. But yeah, it's it's work to unplug somebody from their way of thinking, whatever it is. Do you think people, you can even do that for people? Because I feel like unless a person is ready, right. like you can try to unplug them, <laughs> you will pull I, them I'm out. I'm not in the business of unplugging people. You know, like if someone, if someone's looking at mm-hmm. like, all right, let's go, you know, cause yeah. for that's, and that's a big reason why I'm starting 
starting this. And I resonate with a lot of what you said. Not only is our journeys like very similar, you know, Silicon Valley, digital nomad. Also <laughs> dancing. Yeah, I can't believe, I mean, you lasted a decade in Silicon Valley. I was there, yeah. if you include school, I was there six years. Yeah. Two and a half for school and like three, mm -hmm. uh, three professionally. But that alignment of what you were talking about, of like what you're passionate about, plus, you know, your yeah. success in business. Uh, the reason why I decided to start this was I don't want other people who are struggling to grow and like make these transitions to have to struggle. Because mm -hmm. I'm very much, you know, achiever, like I can do things on my own, I can figure things out. And when I started tr to try and figure out my mind and my psyche and my mental health and some physical mm -hmm. health things that I was having as well, there were so many things that people could not help me with or tell me or explain, or mm -hmm. they didn't know the answers. So I had to literally find a lot of answers myself. Figure it out by yourself, yeah. Which thankfully I'm good at. If I yeah. wasn't good at it, who knows where I'd be right now, right? Yeah. But thankfully I'm good at no, figuring stuff out. Okay. On my own. But imagine if you had somebody who done the same thing and could right. relate to you. And so that's who I want to be for people, right? That's that's mm -hmm. the that's my like purpose. That's my why, right? My soul alignment, mm -hmm. as you said, with this with top human. It's helping people who want the help but don't know what the answers are. Um, don't know the how yeah. it's literally the how. Like what's the how? <laughs> you know, like the how to. And it's literally, I was reflecting on it today and yesterday um, on just in general, how much people can save of their life by using yeah. somebody else to walk them through the same things versus be like, oh, I'm good at it. And because, and I think that's where vulnerability comes in because, mm -hmm. and self-acceptance and self-love, because if you have that you can be like hey it, it's okay that i don't know right it's okay that i'm failing it's okay that i'm stuck and only when you accept that it's okay then you can be like oh it's okay and who can help me you right know? then you can like go and actually ask for help or even look because if you if you're not looking you're not going to find it right right so being open and vulnerable with yourself and others and sharing that's that's how you can get yeah. there and being willing, right? But like you mm -hmm. said, awareness is step one. You know, like yeah. like you saw my my talk at in Mexico for beer and pancakes, oh, yeah. and like that whole slide of like two columns. This is like I have all this stuff. How do I fix it? <laughs> <laughs> like I was very aware, but just because wow. you're aware it doesn't mean you have. Like that's not enough, right? It's step one, but you still have to do the work. Yeah. Do you have any particular? Um like step-by-step -step system. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm a system thinker. But I'm just thinking, right, like all these advanced techniques for people who just started out, it's kind of over the head, right? Yeah. So do you have any um, things that you recommend people to start with, like, I don't know, meditation or... Yeah, I mean, that's what my MindWorks program is. Mm -hmm. So the MindWorks program, it's what it's designed for is like, even if you've never meditated before, we start baby mm -hmm. steps, but we very intensely focus on the mind and like your mm -hmm. mental posture. And it's very personal. It's mental posture. 
<laughs> a lot of us had bad physical posture, right? Like, I yeah. but like our mental posture too. It's like, it's not just your state of mind, which can be like an hour to hour thing, but your kind of personality, your mental posture is like, well, that's how you've been for, you know, probably a year or m multiple years. And yeah. I knew mine was bad. And I was like, I need to fix this. And no one could really like, and I had been meditating and a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's my program, but to start, mm -hmm. just start, like have some sort of practice that is yeah. internally focused. That's a habit for me. It was meditation. Yeah. yeah. I, think, for me too. I think it's the mm -hmm. best one. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, what got me started on meditating, there were a couple of things, but it was Tim Ferriss. It was one of his quotes. Oh, nice. He has a quote. I think it was like from Abraham Lincoln too. He's like, if I had four hours to chop down a tree, I would spend the first two sharpening the ax. Mm. And meditation is sharpening the ax. Wow. And so if you do that a little by little every day, like it's going to change. Yeah. And then as far as, and then mind works dives into like specific things to do in your head while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for me, it was very helpful. The um, headspace app. Mm -hmm. for the meditation because it kind of gave me the structure because otherwise it's like yeah. there are so many different types of meditation and so many different ways to do like it the word sports yeah so you don't know what yeah. yeah i think i've done it for two years maybe headspace okay oh so you're doing that now you're still using it um no that's okay i mean now it's more like um Jose Silva method and all these like different, but I do it by myself. Yeah. But no, when I just started, I didn't, I mean, I still had my startups, it was Silicon Valley, yeah. full on grind. But, um, but yeah, a couple of years it was just to get to the point where um, I could stop my anxiety, for example, or I could stop, because mm. <clears throat> right, the anxiety works as a loop. It's like a spiral. At least you, you knew you had little... anxiety. <laughs> right. It got me a little bit to get there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had anxiety. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is what's called anxiety. <laughs> right. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're all, I don't know, at least, at least me, I'll speak for me, but I didn't even have a vocabulary for emotions. You know, right. I mean, ideally, we're all getting the childhood to just an education on, you know, yeah. what is, how is it to feel anxious? How is it to feel embarrassed? How is it to feel proud? How is it to feel but supported? We're not, like, that. No, not all of us. Not at all. You know? So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, <laughs> you saw me at, at the last day of beer and pancakes, right? We were sitting on those chairs by the pool. Yeah. And my body posture was in a way and you were like, oh my God, are you sad? And like, I didn't even know I was sad, yeah. right? Like, even as <laughs> adults, right. we can get to this point where we, we aren't aware of what's, what our body is telling us, mm -hmm. you know? And so like building that mind-body connection is so important to start learning these skills and learning our emotions and then like the energy behind it, right? Which yeah. is like really what emotions are. Because it's, it's super powerful, right? Like it's so powerful actually listen to your emotions mm -hmm. that's the compass for your life right 
Because if you can identify, oh, I go to this job and I'm unfulfilled and I feel sad, I feel stuck, I feel all this. If you can actually realize further that's what you feel, you'd be like, oh, maybe this job is not aligned with what I should be doing. Um, Or then you do something that you truly love and you identify that you feel joy and you feel fulfillment. Then you'd be like, oh, let me lean in that more. Mm -hmm. And then like a compass of where you go but if, <laughs> but if you don't even know what you feel if you just like oh i feel bad i don't know or if you means. push them down <laughs> which we're usually taught to do yeah. socially it's like mm-hmm. emotions i don't feel those yeah like, i'm a like, robot that like, i'm a man i'm whatever like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly no, it's um it's super powerful yeah and i mean when i graduated from berkeley even mm-hmm. then, oh, nice. yeah, even mm-hmm. then I knew I do like, I, and I was, I was thinking this when I was in like my first job, I was like, I do not want to be a software developer forever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy who's like two <laughs> desks over from me and in his like forties. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> so, no, Cause I was like, I, I don't want this to be my lifelong, like my career long-term. And I stayed in that career, you know, 10 plus years. Right. Yeah, it's still kind of like my my thing during the day. So mm-hmm. we know, and this is another thing, right? We just, I still don't know the answer to this one. Why do we still do things that are bad for us, like humans? You know, we we stay in jobs we don't like, right? That's one. That's my example. We have bad, like we smoke, we mm-hmm. eat food that's bad for us, or whatever. You know, like there's things that we know are bad, and we still do them. I haven't figured that one out, but that's, you know, just trying to get rid of as many of those as possible and start listening to like your intuition and your emotions. Like yeah. that, right. And like everything changes when you do that. So I, I read a book recently, I finished the book. It's called uh, Existential Kink. Existential King. Kink. Oh, Kink. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. Is the, the premise is that if we take as an assumption that having is an evidence of wanting having is evidence of wanting yeah okay yeah so if we say and like if i say like oh i want to be super fit right but then i'm not then instead of you know kind of overlooking that be like oh let me see if i actually want to be unfit you know, or for example, if I don't know, right. a person is late all the time, right? And you know, they apologize. Like, you know, I have a couple friends like that. Like, no matter <laughs> what, like I tell them, <laughs> I actually tell them a different time now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like if you think and you dig deeper, be like, and I'm talking about them, not one offs, right? Like, not like an accident happened, right? But, but if it's a pattern, it's a chronic pattern, yep. right? It's chronic. And you're late, then you'd be like, oh, maybe I enjoy being late, right? And if you accept that, be like, oh, it's okay that I enjoy being late, but like, why? I'm just curious. And then you'd be yeah. like, oh, maybe it gives me a sense of importance, and then people actually pay attention to me, <laughs> and I get that validation that I matter, right? right? And then forgive me and they give me love this way so if you <laughs> underlying things you're like oh okay so um so the premise of the book is that 
is not that we are actually taking joy and that's where all the shadow works comes in mm-hmm. um, that if we own our shadow and we accept that on some levels we actually enjoy torturing ourselves and people <laughs> <laughs> that there is a darker side of us that is not like this light and 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 perfect that we're human beings and kind of part of it yeah that the the problem is not that we torture people the problem is that we're not torturing them exquisite enough <laughs> which exquisite is exquisite enough <laughs> yeah so for example right the same example of you being late you know you're kind of torturing people by being late you know like for a, which, yeah for certain definitions of torture <laughs> but if you accept and be like hey i'm i'm accepting that i'm doing it but instead mm-hmm. of just Doing that on this little level, how about I just make something so incredible and completely blow these people's minds that they will never and ever forgive it, you know, forget it for the rest of their lives. And I actually make an impact that way, right? Because at the end of the day, I think it's not about torture and not torturing um, human nature that we want yeah. to be important and make an impact in a certain way. But if you accept sometimes like this, dark side <laughs> we might on the subconscious level actually enjoy having bad patterns in our life <laughs> that it gives the freedom to to move past and then actually choose how we want to make that impact <laughs> yeah and being late not i mean i think using the word torture for being late to a meeting is a little a little extreme but yep. it's even to do that right you have to want to look internally yeah. You know, and there's a really good, God, there, there's a couple of things I thought of as when you were saying that. Um, the first one was this book called Loving What Is. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of that one by Byron Katie. I've heard about it. I haven't, haven't In that book, she talks about like, okay, you, you write down the sentence of whatever you feel about some other person. I'm mm-hmm. pissed off at coworker Joe because he's late all the time. Or I'm mad at my significant other because she does X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And then you literally beneath that, you rewrite it with your name in there instead. Mm-hmm. Right. Of like, I get mad at myself because I'm late all the time, or I get mm-hmm. mad at myself because I do X, Y, Z. And then that's how you start to turn it inside. And then you look for evidence for how is that true? Right. Like what you mm-hmm. were saying, maybe I do like being late. Maybe I do enjoy being unfit because otherwise mm-hmm. you have the cognitive dissonance of like, yeah. I need to be this certain way, but I'm actually being this way. Yeah. But our minds yeah. are like just going back and forth of like, I should do this, but I'm this. I should do this, but I'm not. I, you know, yeah. and we, it wastes so much mental energy. Yeah. So yeah. much. It's, God, it's, yeah. It's... No, absolutely. <laughs> After I was doing this work, like the shadow work, I had this moment of like matrix moment hmm. where I realized like, wow. I'm, as a human being, I'm so powerful because all the things in my life, the bad patterns, the things that I thought that I don't like or whatever, it's actually, I generated them. Yep. It's not like life happened to me. It happened through me. Right. So everything in my life, I have exactly what I actually wanted. It just, I mean, it's just subconscious. Yes, of course. And there's survival exactly. mechanisms in there too. So it's not necessarily mm-hmm. what you wanted. 
but it's definitely what you needed at mm -hmm. some point in time. Yeah. And then some of those stick <laughs> and now it's yeah. part of where you are. Yeah. You don't let go. You don't need it anymore. Right. But, you but we don't need them. them anymore. So how do you let right. them go? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like this, um, what did Carl, Carl Jung said, um, still you make unconscious conscious, it's going to rule your life. And, and you're going to call it fate. fate. <laughs> I love that quote. Yeah. But it takes courage, right? Like it, it's not easy. It's so not easy to, to be working on this. So <laughs> here's, here's my thing, right? We say it's not easy. It's mm -hmm. not easy because we don't know how to do it. And what's the opposite of easy? Mm. Hard. Mm -hmm. And we use the word hard for stuff like, oh, it's so hard. And like that thing's so hard. Like, okay, most of those things are not hard. Like a table mm -hmm. is hard, right? Like <laughs> this is hard. These things are uncomfortable. Mm. And if you can just, if you can reframe it that way, and then you start listening to all the successful people, the Tom Bilyeu's, the Alex Hermoses of like, if you can be uncomfortable, like a little bit every day, and push through that. Like, that's how you get to the success thing. And yeah. so if you can just realize like these things aren't hard, they're just uncomfortable and be mm. willing to walk through that fire mm -hmm. on a daily basis, then that's how you get through this stuff. And that's how you let it go mm -hmm. too. When it comes to emotions, that's also how you let it go, which is great. Yeah. Like that's the how to right there. But most people are not willing to voluntarily go through the, <laughs> discomfort <laughs> yeah and i feel like it's also a fear of unknown totally because if you start doing this and there are feelings that come up for me at least in the beginning i just felt like it will never end it's like you're opening this pandora box mm. and it will just never run out and you're like well i need to be productive i need to get stuff done right <laughs> and i have all this feeling <laughs> Happen. <laughs> but it's, you know, the more I start doing the work, um, and I really love the book by David Hawkins, Letting Go, where he actually talks through the process of letting go once. I don't think I've read that one. Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, in different vibrations of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. You can have love, like the highest vibration, you can have fear, and you can work it up so it's not necessarily you will go from fear directly to love but you will have courage somewhere in the middle and they'll push oh, you yeah. through yeah yeah nice. or sometimes you would even have emotions and you cannot let them go but you can let go of resistance to even feel that emotion first be like okay like at least right. like i'm willing to even look at it right <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I feel like the more you do it, the easier it becomes because your mind, like, oh, it's not as bad as you think it is. Like ice bath, right? First yeah. you're like, whoa, I'm going to die. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, it's actually not as bad. And then you're like, oh, I can see the results afterwards. So it's like, oh, it's yeah. actually pleasurable. In some way. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> like, oh, I kind of like this. Yeah. And one thing too, which, which is interesting is you said, you know, sometimes there's these emotions which you can't let go. Or like maybe mm -hmm. we're not ready to yet, but, blocked. but, or they're blocked. Right. So mm -hmm. I, these get stored in your body. Yeah. Right. They really do. 
so even if you want, and this is like the state I've been in or was for, for several years. And once I realized it, I was like, dang, okay, I really need to do the work, <laughs> which is like, it's stuck in your body and you can't think your way out of it. There's, yeah. there's nothing you can do that's going to, you're going to think or talk through that's going to release this trapped energy from your body, these trapped emotions. Mm -hmm. And so just when you were saying too about like the ice bath, like the first mm -hmm. time, like, oh, it's really bad. But you know, after you do it a couple of times, it's not so bad. Like that happened to me when I started taking cold showers. I literally mm. couldn't breathe in the shower. <laughs> yeah. And then you train yourself. So part of that is like you train your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so the nervous yeah. system is affected by all these trapped emotions and stuff. And so like working with the nervous system is super fascinating as you work on your own and you start to learn like, oh, clearly there's some something blocked here or Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if I do this exercise, like an ice bath or a cold shower, I'm starting to kind of do the physical level of the work and there's ways yeah. to like release, uh, release the, the trapped emotions physically too, which are really interesting. Uh, and that yeah. gets into like bioenergetics and all that stuff too, yeah, yeah. which okay. is so cool. But I, that's what I was thinking when you were saying those things. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, I think sometimes it's even a problem of being smart. <laughs> you it know, is. all these intellectual people. It is. You know, being very intellectual, like you and I definitely can relate to that. That we are so smart that we can outsmart a lot of even psychologists, you know? <laughs> Literally. Like, <laughs> like, I'm trying to tell someone, like, because I've spoken with several therapists over the years. Mm -hmm. And I try to tell them, like, I'm, I need help. Like, I'm asking for help. And they still can't like, <laughs> like, I might sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I really don't. <laughs> but, you know, I found myself that when, when you're not, when you're in the beginning stages, especially, right? Like you don't want to feel emotions. So you suppress them yourself. But then let's say a therapist wants to get you to those emotions. You on your subconscious level. So don't want to even go there. You'll be like, okay, how do I escape it? But you're like, you cannot just get up and leave <laughs> you're stuck in the meeting <laughs> but I found myself like wow I'm actually so smart and such a good storyteller sometimes that I can totally bullshit all those therapists and come up with some story yeah. to to lead them to some other place and like, <laughs> were you doing that consciously or subconsciously no subconsciously okay. yeah so yeah. like I wouldn't yeah, know yeah, yeah. that I'm doing it right. to me I would just explain things and but I think I think that's where it's so valuable to do some body work, yes. some energy work, because you cannot trick your body. Like <laughs> when you get yeah. in that ice bath or you start doing maybe breath work, it's just something that gets activated that you cannot fully, as long as you actually do the work and let's say you breathe and, and push through, but you cannot talk your way out of it. You, you, it just happens. So no, I feel but like, you can yeah. think yourself kind of like out of it. Oh, you can think yourself out of breath work, you think? So. Tell me. <laughs> if you're, like, once you're deep in it, no. Because I, I, yeah. I've done it a few times and mm -hmm. it's, you definitely get it to like natural high kind of state, right? Yeah. But if you're doing other things that are, maybe require a little bit more of your effort. Like this is why meditating is so hard for people because mm -hmm. they start to mm -hmm. think and thinking is the mm -hmm. opposite of feeling. Yeah. And it's because of, so like, like you were saying, like smart people, 
people like NBNP and like that, like my friends over the years, they, they've told me like, Andre, you're like hyper intelligent. I don't know what my <laughs> IQ is or whatever. And like, I wouldn't, I probably don't score yeah. super high, but like, I'm really good at a lot of stuff and I've figured things out on my own, but it's a problem yeah. because in our society, being smart is the same as like intelligence, which is like thinking like your mm -hmm. book smart, your school smart, all yep. of that. And like, it's literally the opposite of feeling and intuition and you yes. like embodying your soul, basically. That EQ over IQ. The, the EQ, which, <laughs> which is funny. Like I read that book about EQ years ago and I was like this, it, I was like, I understand how it makes sense to know, but they're still putting words to everything. Mm. And words are a human thing that we invented way after emotions existed. And so yeah. even words can be a problem sometimes, right? Because right? when you get into like the breath work or like deep meditations and what I do in mind works, it's like we get to the point where there's no words. It's yeah. just all sensation. It's all somatic. It's all feeling. It's all energy. Yeah. Because we, we just like, we stick to it otherwise. Like we latch onto this word and then like we start thinking about it. <laughs> and then like, oh. In, what do they call it? Intellectual, in, intellectualizing? Intellectualizing. <laughs> intellectualizing. <laughs> right? So we're not, we think about them. We think the feelings versus we feel the feelings. Right. Someone told me this literally like two months ago because I'm an Enneagram six. And he said, oh, oh you, so you, you think your feelings. And I never mm -hmm. thought of it that way which is mm -hmm. funny because I think a lot, mm -hmm. but I was like, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you think, or you feel <laughs> <laughs> I, feel. <laughs> I feel like people should even start asking others, not how you doing or be like, Hey, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine people like, Hey, Andre, how are you feeling today? <laughs> and I bet most people would still respond with, I'm good, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, that was such a weird thing for me too, coming mm -hmm. from Ukraine when I just moved. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> it took me a year. <laughs> it took me a year to switch, to actually stop first, start, stop telling people how I'm actually doing <laughs> when they ask. And then you made be that affected. conscious switch to like match the culture. I had to work it, of course. Wow. Well, in Ukraine, if you actually ask somebody how they're doing, you actually ask somebody how they're doing. Right. Like you, they're... So what would it look like? I'm just curious now. When you came to the yeah. U.S. and someone asked you how you're doing, like how much time would you spend answering that question? I would start on telling them about how I'm doing, maybe like five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's like, I'm good, which is like two seconds maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had to switch in the, um, I remember the elevator things because people okay. ask me, you know, coworkers, I would go in and you literally have maybe what, 10 seconds till you get to a different floor. Right. And they will ask me how I'm doing. I'm like, I start answering. <laughs> I don't have enough time for this. You want to grab coffee? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wow. why did you ask me? <laughs> wow. That's yeah, there was a, I had to work through and then also learning to ask and not expect and not be like, oh, you didn't tell me. <laughs> so yeah, that was a process. Right, right. Yeah, because 
that's really interesting because how would you actually start that com- if you actually wanted to have that conversation if you wanted to actually ask somebody hey how are you feeling how are you doing like you'd have to ask you- them like 10 times in a row before they like got it yeah sometimes like now when i do want people to switch i literally like touch them on their hand or something be like hey oh, no cool. actually how are you doing because yeah. it gets them out of the thinking and be like oh somebody touched me you know right yeah oh that's a good one <laughs> but yeah like nobody does it in the u.s no no they really don't and that's that resonates for me because when i was in even when i was in college Mm -hmm. probably even after college like i didn't know how to have a deep conversation Mm. i would literally google question like how do i have a deep conversation like what types of questions do i ask Oh my gosh, I was asking that to my therapist, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, so we have this, like, so superficial culture. Like, if we can't even interact with other human beings on a deeper level than something that's superficial, how are we going to even, like, interact with ourselves on a deeper level? Mm. Well, I would say it's the opposite. Because we don't interact with ourselves, we cannot interact Ooh, with others. Yes. It's definitely like a chicken and egg kind of thing. It's <laughs> right. both, right? It's it's on both sides, and both sides fuels the other side. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I remember for me when I finally realized how to do it, I was like, "This is so obvious, Katarina." <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was even having conversations with my therapist when I was in the beginning stages of you know this self exploration. And I was trying to think through things. And I was like, hey, like, I do enjoy deep conversations. At least I know that. And I do want to connect with people on a deeper level. How do you do that? Like, I was literally (laughs) asking for instructions. I was like, okay, give me a manual. Right, like step one, step two. (laughs) (laughs) How do you get people to talk about things? (laughs) And then when I finally realized, it's like, you're gonna start with yourself. You're gonna you're gonna actually be vulnerable first. You gotta share and it's first. So easy. Self-disclosure. It's so easy. This is what I talked about yeah. literally in episode three of this podcast. Mm. We were talking about yeah. self-disclosure and how important that is to discovering who you are. Mm. So it's not even just like a deep conversation thing. It's like that is how yeah. you will find your unique aspects. Mm. Because we all have a story to share, right? And- yeah and to you it's it's your normal so how do you know who you are and what's unique about you until you start letting other people see that and telling them things and then getting feedback right because for you it's like well is there any other way right and other people will be like wait you think that what yeah (laughs) interesting yeah for sure but yeah it's, it's amazing how you can just be if you are vulnerable first, or actually, I mean, for me, it doesn't actually feel vulnerable anymore. I guess it's like right. you build up a Because towards. it's your normal now. Yeah. It's such a better like, normal to have, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you accept yourself and then you share it, right? Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how I had those realizations when I started doing it, how you can connect with somebody within 10 minutes so deeply by sharing deeper parts of yourself and then they share open up 
in return, yeah. that then you might not see that person for a year and they're still going to remember you, you know, versus this has been hours of people just talking about, you know, <laughs> the weather and the sports and whatever. The and sports, then... <laughs> always, there's always sports. <laughs> always sports. <laughs> I know nothing about it. But... <laughs> it's like the, yeah. that quote, right? People will never remember what you say, mm. but they'll remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. It's like a superpower, right? Yeah. No, it is. That's... The ability, the Brene Brown thing. Right. Yeah. Ah, she's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And step one, if okay. there is any step one, right? It's like you start with yourself. How do you be vulnerable mm -hmm. with yourself and mm -hmm. learn about you? Because that's how I figured it out, right? Once I had done the inner work. And once I started finding my own weaknesses and my own vulnerabilities, I was like, okay, let me start. And I started to talk to people about them, right? Like friends, or I would just bring them up or something here and there. That's when I was like, oh, this is how it works. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So starting that kind of putting your attention inwards, right. And okay, we're, we're techies, right. From Silicon Valley. <clears throat> Tech companies are spending what billions of dollars maybe per month, like collectively to get people's what? Attention. Exactly. Like it's that valuable. Yeah. And we mm. put it outside all on everything else, but ourselves. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> wow. If only you took that power and put it internally, right? Like right. imagine what you could discover, what you could do. Yeah. I'm still working on this kind of boundaries with myself where I already realized that I, I have a relationship with this Katarina thing. With this <laughs> Katarina thing. Longest, longest relationship I'll ever have, it's, right? You are the person you will spend the most time with in your entire yeah. life. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like that's the only person going to be always there. Right? Yep. You can't get away so, from it. So what I'm working on now to feel a bit better, the boundaries, like, I have alarms going off already, but I'm like, okay, I need to be a little bit more proactive. That, for example, last week, I'm in Playa del Carmen now, catching up with all these amazing human beings. And by the end of the week, I'm like, wait, but where's Katarina time? <laughs> you gotta have her own time. Her. She's like, she's like there, like, hey, <laughs> what about me? That's why you like to do your own thing. <laughs> that's not true <laughs> i guess i guess i take everybody's input and then <laughs> make my own thing right <laughs> but no but it's not true i feel like it's a balance you know at the end of the day Definitely it should be your thing, right because it's your life but, but you have to yeah. you have to have your 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 you time Right. And like, who is Katerina? What does she want? Who is Andre? What does he want? Like, what are my, yeah. some guy asked me years ago, like, what are your needs? What do you need? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I literally, I was like, I don't know the answer. Like I was so out of touch with who Andre is, who he was yeah. like back then, you know, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, Cause whenever, we never taught that for me last, all last year, really. especially summer so i read this book nonviolent communication mm -hmm. i don't know if you heard about it um i 
I was crying on chapter two. I was just falling. I was like, I had to put it away. I had to, I had to take a break for a week. Yeah. Just reading about our human needs, that we are super needy creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Not only about the shelter and the basic stuff. It's like, oh, we need to be seen. We need to be accepted. We need to be heard. Yeah. We need to be we need to have social connection and all these human needs that I didn't even know they exist. Right. And because I didn't, right. I didn't even know that it's okay to have those <laughs> needs, you know? Because <laughs> we think like, don't need anything, don't want anything. Right? Yeah. And I think it's, it comes from childhood a lot too, because mm-hmm. for example, for me, I grew up in, you know, it's the whole, Soviet Union thing where you sacrifice yourself for the society, right? And that's Mm -hmm. the culture. So you actually are being conditioned to suppress your needs for the sake of somebody else. And then, you know, if if your parents are the same way and and they teach you, you actually start feeling guilty and ashamed for having certain needs. Yes. You know, or like you you push it down so much that you don't feel anymore mm-hmm. that that's the need and you don't have a vocabulary for it. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then imagine like, if you don't even know that you have those needs and that's okay, how would you even, how would you ever get it? Because for you to get it, you right. need to communicate it, especially if it's with other people, you yeah. need to be able to communicate the, the need. But if you don't even know that exists, if you're out of touch with yourself, like there is no <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think this is, um, it's something that, that I've been incorporating in my work too, is not just personal. Uh, this book, for example, I think the Microsoft CEO was um, like a required book for all the like board people and the C-suite there. Okay. So it's, like mandatory thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because like if you, for example, I, I help tech teams, right? Streamline communication, we work a lot of with engineers. So they have needs and they have a lot of emotions. Going <laughs> on, but because they cannot communicate it and state it clearly. They can't write right? it in code. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they cannot just like program it. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a very, very low likelihood it's going to happen. So yeah, for me, the whole last year was, okay, we're very needy. It's okay. And how about we communicate? But it's also not communicating with demands, right? That's the fine point between demands and Mm. requests, right? Because you can be like, hey, with demand, you kind of you assuming that the person is obligated to give it to you, right? Which is nobody's obligated to do anything. <laughs> but if you're saying yeah. like, hey, here's the need I have. Here's how you can fulfill it. Would you be willing to do this? And it's okay if no, but here's an opportunity. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Quite a balance. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, that's... It's it's impressive that you're bringing that into like the workspace, mm-hmm. you know, because that's one thing I'm trying to do with Top Human is like, how do I bring the inner work, right? Mm-hmm. And, like working at this raw level of energy and like our emotions and learning all of that. How do I bring that into like the everyday life of other people? 
Mm. And how do I make people see how it's in their lives every day, whether they know it or not? But I feel like you don't have to, because how you do one thing, it's really how you do everything, you know? So if people are transformed and it doesn't matter where you start, like if you learn this at work, how to communicate your needs, I'm pretty confident when you go back to your family, you'll be like, oh, totally better equipped to to communicate right so yeah. it translates and even the whole the life work balance it's not like you're one human being you know <laughs> it's not two separate things it's just one so i feel like the work that you're doing and and teaching people how to be more in touch with themselves and all these tools that that's just going to automatically translate yeah no it Right. I guess my mind was in like the, the unplugging people side of things, right? Which is like, how do you, yeah. How do you get people to realize like, oh, this is, you know, important and it affects everything. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, yeah. Like you said, how you do, it's kind of the other way around how you do everything is how you do one thing. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just all encompassing. Yeah. You know? And talking about the plugin, I think, um, I feel, <laughs> I feel that having certain things where you put yourself in a situation when it's unavoidable for you to change, like not to change, for example, to nature, mm. I recently had a calling to at some point, maybe do a chain of glamping spots where yeah. I can bring people and share it with maybe a membership program or something. <laughs> once you put any human being in nature and it's more or less unplugged, right? Ideally with no like Wi-Fi. Like a retreat or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you cannot escape it. Like your whole psyche just changes. It really does. Like living in a box with air conditioning, like <laughs> it's so not good for us. <laughs> yeah, It's not right. natural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Since you've done a lot of the inner work, mm -hmm. I think you said at the beginning, it's the most important piece mm -hmm. or more important than like the other work. Um, mm -hmm. What have been some of like your favorite things to do along that journey or what are some of like the really big if you're willing to share like blind spots that you had that you discovered by doing the inner work that you were surprised about oh there's two questions there so take the one you want to answer <laughs> let me tell you the two three years of <laughs> work in a few minutes um i can tell you a little bit about my psychedelic experience okay yeah no psilocybin at least that's was my psychedelic of choice yeah. was really interesting um you do it more like a one time i did it several times but never okay. like a big dose never like a big big mm -hmm. dose so very curious what's a big hear. dose Oh, the big dose, what is it, like three or four grams is like the hero dose or whatever it's called? Yeah, I never did one that big. Well, my my big dose was a good experience for uh, psychedelics. 
So mm-hmm. I did a three gram, like a full so ceremony. You did a, full, a full thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, with a shaman, mm-hmm. like proper ceremony ritual. It was absolutely life changing. Wow. It was incredible. I'm glad we set the intentions properly. She she did a good job. Because uh, yeah. it's not about, you know, like taking a bunch of shrooms in the jungle. No, you got to, <laughs> when you take yeah, a dose but, like that, you have to really be intentional. Yeah, like, it's the intention. And my intention was, I was like, you know what? I want to feel more connection with the world and more. Um, and I was like, I don't even know what I don't know, but please come in. Right. And do whatever you need to do. I'm open. <laughs> I will accept it. You know, just show me. <laughs> and yeah, if I didn't have that intention, and if the shaman was like, "No, no, you gotta surrender. You cannot fight anything. You you gotta surrender. Like whatever happens, just just surrender to the medicine." Mm. Um, because things were like going in, <laughs> and it was it was total ego death. It was, there was no such thing as Katarina. And that's the wow. biggest thing that I got out of it. It was wow. like, oh, how does Katarina be, feel more connected to the world? It was like, oh, there was just consciousness. You are the world. Yeah, there's, there's not even I. It's like there is consciousness. And yeah. through me, because I, I had quite a lot of still insecurities of, like, oh, who is Katarina to to speak up and share her things and her experience? And like, you know, is she deserving things? Low like, self-worth, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so all this insecurities. But then after that, I was like, it's not about Katarina. There's just like light inside of each of us and we're all part of one. And it's my responsibility to express it. Like, have you seen like have you seen fantastic fungi on netflix yeah uh-huh. so you know mm-hmm. with the mycelium how it just like it just grows like this you know and like branches mm-hmm. and brand- like i feel like we're each we each have that inside of us mm-hmm. and it's just energy because what is mycelium it's like the most energy only thing that exists that's a lot yeah right it's true and so it's like we all we're all that it's we're all energy right and so like this little thing is just trying to grow and like see the world like there's that inside yeah. all of us and then we have kids and like that's a branch right then you know right. just like a tree like you have branches and everything and so we're all just this little ball of energy that's just trying to like grow and explore the world and be seen and you know, but then we're like, no, go this way, go this way and do this thing and look like that. And don't be this tall or don't be this short, you know, grow. And the biggest thing, like I, I understood it before in my mind and maybe somewhere in my heart, but like one thing is to understand the concept. And another one is like, it's like going to New York. One thing you can you can watch the movies about New York, you know you can read about it, you can talk people being there. But another thing, you actually show up and you experience it, and you're like, oh, now I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I done microdosing for about probably four or five months when I was in Vancouver, mm-hmm. British Columbia is the most open, liberal. They literally go down the streets and there are fungi shops all over the place. Oh, it's no called- way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's all, you know, 
legal stuff there. And actually, I started in a clinic, which was amazing because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it, you know, like people do recreational. I was like, okay, there needs to be an intention. Right. Yeah. And they're starting yeah. to study that in the US too. Mm-hmm. They're starting to bring it mm-hmm. into clinical settings. Yeah, definitely. So that, that um, the clinic was integration of of that and Reiki and hmm. hypnosis and a whole kind of like very holistic approach. Yeah. So I started doing it and it was incredible how it got me so introspective. It was like the support right. system where I would, because the dose was super, super tiny. It was like 125. So it's like okay. 10 times. Yeah. Point, point 0.1 gram. So you don't, oh, you almost don't even, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah like so super, super tiny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like people are like, oh, that's not even a dose. Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But it does change your brain a little bit where you become more introspective. So I would like totally have work calls. Like you don't even feel it that much. Yeah. I started journaling. That changed my, my whole habit because before that, it was, um, I would journal occasionally when I need to, but I think combination of, of this microdosing and also reading the book, what, what was, um, I forgot the, the name of the lady, Julia, somebody, she has the morning pages ritual where you basically you, you start your morning with just writing three pages and it doesn't matter if you don't have any inspiration whatsoever. You just, you just write down, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. What I'm right, talking right, about. right, like, right, right. You just don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but then once you start it, you kind of like get in the state of flow. Yeah. Right. And also in touch with your inner world. So for me, that was such a big catalyst because nice. I got into a habit of writing. So I cannot, not write anymore so if i don't write for a couple of days i'm like something is wrong i feel like there's all this stuff <laughs> I can read, like, i'm the same <laughs> way with meditation yeah with the mind work stuff oh nice that's, that's amazing yeah so that was a big change and a big tool for me because oh, nice. i feel like this is a way and i guess i guess it's reference to the um programming world where you can debug mm-hmm. yourself you know literally debugging ourselves like that's what i do because <laughs> then you can ask all the questions it can be just just asking why even a simple fact of asking why maybe like five times you know like for example for me at some point i trouble uh, i was troubleshooting i was like why i sometimes enjoy like why is my room messy when i was traveling especially a few years back i was like why is it messy? Like I, I know how to clean. I love cleaning, you know, like, like why is things all over the place? And then I was keep asking why. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, it's because I want, it's kind of giving me a, a sense of freedom. Like I can do, it doesn't need to be in a box. Like I can have things right, all over. Right, right, right. Sense of freedom. Yep. But then once, once I got to that point, I was like, oh, it's actually, if my value is freedom in that point, I can achieve freedom by having it organized. So it gives me a good platform. You redefine to what anything I want. Yeah. And that was it. That was incredible. Like since then, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any messy rooms anymore or nothing because it was just understanding that why. And I feel like that to having a way by yourself to troubleshoot 
and debug <laughs> kind of like your, your live date. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I don't think I would have gone to the point to where I am of like one, doing all the work myself. And then two, mm -hmm. now even like starting to teach other people if I wasn't a mm -hmm. software developer. Oh, wow. Because okay, okay. what do we do as software developers? Like we debug. Yeah. And good and software system. developers don't, you don't just put a Band-Aid. You have to find the root of the problem. Right. Right. And like asking five whys, that's, that's one way. If five is even enough, depending on the thing. Right. right. And so like finding the core thing and then like working at it at that level. And wow. like, like you did, you redefined the word freedom, like changing mm -hmm. a definition. Like that's mm -hmm. pretty deep, right? If you can get there and like actually redefine that word for you, like that's mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think there's so much power in, you know, in the software engineering analogy, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, because I've been so. reflecting on it recently, how in the software world, we think a lot of times in systems, right? Yeah. And actually, if you can apply the same thinking to feelings and things like that, right? Like making it more <laughs> optimized. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you, if you like, in terms of debugging, how you were just describing for me, it's, it's more like, okay, what's the most effective way to, to fix things, right? And when you're trying to fix your thoughts, like, yeah, you can fix your thoughts to an extent, but then you might have one feeling, like one traumatic experience that happened to you that generates one feeling. And that one feeling going to create thousands of thoughts. And then just going to come back and come back and come back. So, so actually debugging at the level of thinking, it, it works to an extent, but, but if you actually go... Yeah, it's not deep enough. You'll have to, it's like put in Band-Aid, like you said, right? So if you actually go deeper and then you fix that feeling by looking at it, bringing it up and accepting it and then letting go, then all those thoughts are just going to disappear. Mm -hmm. So it's super, super attractive. And then I'm super excited to to continue following you, your work with energy because I think that's even that's a level deeper. Yeah, literally, like, you can't wow, go any this, farther than that. Yeah, so th that's like the most effective in my <laughs> <laughs> like, <that's the> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's crazy. Uh, there was something you were saying. Oh yeah, the uh, having a like thinking about our emotions. You were kind of saying mm -hmm. that, right? Which, first of all. If you think about it, <laughs> it's like, it's one of the most human things we can do. To think about emotions. To think about our feelings and to like process them in a systematic way. Mm. Because animals don't do that. They can't. And we mm. think, and like the whole, th the whole reason why we're human is because we think and we have this prefrontal cortex and language is a big part of it, but it's really like the, that that ability to really think and like decide what we think about and past and future and all this stuff. Yeah. So if you can turn that to like your energy and your emotional side, your animal side, like that's one of the most human things we can actually do, mm -hmm. which is cool. And so like, I love that idea literally like years ago and I was, you know, a couple years into this journey, I was thinking like, I want to write a book called logical emotions. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like have this process because we do like process. And as much as yeah. emotions are this wave, not particle way of being, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, it should just be, yeah, but we've had year, decades of conditioning of being particles, not waves, of being like very logical and systematic. And so if that's the way we're currently operating, we need to switch somehow. And so right. there's ways you can, like getting out in nature, uh, mm-hmm. psychedelics, right? Plant right. medicines. This is also like why yeah. people drink, like it's an unhealthy way, but it gets them out of that mindset. But if yeah. you can have, if we can have a system for like actually processing and starting to look at the emotions, the energy, yeah, then it's, yeah. it can literally just change everything for you. I 100% agree. I think you're right with um, that it's not about abandoning our logical thinking and our minds because we're so good at that. And, you know, instead of starting from zero and going in this emotional world and not have no system to deal with that, it's about how do you use your mind and your system thinking to now apply to make that bridge to emotions, yeah. but you don't start from scratch, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, I feel like we could talk for another hour, <laughs> two hours. We'll have to do another episode at some point. You'll have to be back. Mm. We'll have to have you back on. So what is it gonna be? It's gonna be episode four? This will be, I think episode four. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Oh, I love this chat. Yeah, it's, it's... I love this chat more than you love this chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's, I was thinking about this the other day. One of my, um, one of my ex-girlfriends mm-hmm. found my top human Instagram. And she Mm. messaged me. She said, it's wild to me that this is what you do now. Wow. And when we were dating when I was 19, you know, this is like, Jesus, over 10 years ago. She was our, she was a massage therapist. Like she was kind of getting into this world already. She was like kind of in this space. Yeah. And I was thinking about it and it's just like, those of us who are like seeking truth, like Truth will find those who seek it, is what mm-hmm. I kind of came to. And it's always good to speak with someone else who's on that same path, on that same journey, right? Because we all eventually, we find the same answers. You know, it's just a matter of like getting a little closer, participating in the conversation, yeah. and like, let's keep getting closer and closer closer to like truth uh, as we can. And, and you can see those people right away. At least, like I can now. Like I almost can look in the eyes. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> not yet. No? But working on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again, and we'll we'll definitely do another one at some point. Yeah, back. sounds good. <laughs> well, let me know once you. Super. Now I want to go and listen to your first three episodes. <laughs> yeah, you I should. Think the third one sounds like the third one's gonna resonate with the yeah the set. So the first one was really good because that was my friend Alden, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. he's had some really interesting and en- that was a very energy based conversation, 
where he kind of got introduced to the world of energy in like playing with partners like sexually mm, so that was really okay. like in the tantra side of things and then my oh, nice. episode two and three are the same person we ended up talking for an hour and a half so i split it into two episodes wow okay. so we talked for the first one that whole conversation and there's some stuff from from that conversation that are like it's a little out there you know she's talking about how there's kids who can like read with a blindfold on Mm. that can remote view or like who how someone yeah. can like see bones mm-hmm. so like that's for me and i said this in episode two because i didn't some of that's like out there for me because like i haven't gone yeah. down that world enough yet but she's been doing this stuff for like 10 15 years so yeah. i mean if you believe that then definitely go listen to episode number two <laughs> and then number oh, three was God. the number three was <laughs> the second half of that where it cut the conversation kind of turned into this how do we self-discover how do we discover like if i can see bones i'm like oh yeah that's just that's just what i see but no one else can see that like how are you ever going to find out that that's unique to you and that that's a gift that you have and i think it comes to what you were talking that you need to share your story and that's literally what that was literally her answer and that because yeah Mm -hmm. it's self-disclosure and i Mm -hmm. i talk about it i answered her how i'm reading this book about fear of abandonment called love me don't leave me and it's about how do you have how do you you know there's how do you work on fear of abandonment but what do good relationships have and one of those things is self-disclosure mm. and if you don't have that then like growing up again it all starts where you're very young right if you don't have right. that growing up then you're not going to have that in yourself and then you're not going to do it as an adult yeah and if you're not self-disclosing to yourself and being comfortable with that you're not going to self-disclose to other people. Because so we repress, we bottle things up, we push yeah. things down, we keep them in, yeah. and we don't let them out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. Uh, yeah, yeah.